You are now listening to Kindred Spirits Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. And welcome into Kindred Spirits here on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. If you're listening on the live show, welcome back. If you're listening on your podcast, welcome, welcome in as we talk. <laughs> uh, we talk. Uh, we talk another another bad, awful team <laughs> in the DMV uh, season that has not gone to, according to plan at all in the Washington Spirit. Uh, we're here to break that down. We're also here to talk about um, a uh, the USSF releasing the Sally Yates investigation on the uh, on the NWSL. Uh, lots of of not details there. Uh, we'll go ahead and preface this: uh, if you're if you're listening to the show, uh, we're going to talk about some very very um, very very bad, awful, terrible subject things. So you know if you're <laughs> if you're sensitive to those to those types of things, you probably know about the story. If, you know, feel free to switch us off. You know, we we. We want you to be safe. We, we hope you're doing. We hope you're doing well. Take care of your mental health. Um, you don't need to subject yourself uh, to this if you don't want to. But if you are interested in listening, we're, we're definitely going to get in. I think to a, an important subject that needs to be covered, not just in in women's soccer, but all over um, all over soccer right now in this country. Um, I think we're, I think we are having a reckoning on on both sides, and and we'll get into that a little bit. Um, before we get into that, let's talk Washington Spirit two one loss. Uh, before John, John, how you doing, my friend? Hope you're doing well. I'm good. I'm just I'm just excited that both teams aren't going to get the wooden spoon that only one did. <laughs> that somehow there was a club worse than the Spirit in NWSL, and thank God that Gotham were so awful, <laughs> so bad, just very very bad, historically bad. Thank they're, you. They're going to enjoy that number one pick next year. Let's just say that they're going to because we don't have a number one pick. I don't even know. I, I shouldn't speak on picks because apparently we got we already got uh we already just got the right. It won't be good. Whatever the good thing is, we will. It will not be that. So let's just we'll, we'll operate under that assumption. We'll, we'll move forward from there. Okay. Uh, Washington Spirit two uh, one season ending loss, sort of capping. I do feel like this game was like kind of watching. It was kind of a summary of, of the entire season. It's you, you still see you see a team that very much is just honestly a lot like DC. I feel like just kind of going through the motions. Like let's just get out of the season. Let's reset. Let's recover. Let's figure. Let's figure ourselves out. I don't know. Did you feel the same? It, it it very much feels like the 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 edge or the bite is is was just not there. Um, to me, it's all lazy defending. Yeah, that's really that's really what it is. It's just non aggressive defending, not uh, not closing down, providing too much space, uh, making mistakes in the back, goalkeeping being not as sure as it as it usually. All those things happen in this game. Kingsbury had a, a number of good saves, but also, I mean, just didn't you know, didn't make them when they mattered on, on certain elements. So it's just, I think you're right. I think it's a microcosm. I think that this team has much to do, but almost exclusively on one end of the field. Yeah. I think it's defensively. This team has to, has to get better. Um, I think it's honestly like attack wise. Like I think things have been okay. Like they have, when you have your front three out there, when they're not dead tired, when you have your, your choice of, of hatch, um, uh, Ashley Sanchez and Trinity Rodman. You also have Terry McKeown who can fill She's in. She's turned into you a have, player. Yeah. Terry McKeown, Terry, Terry, similar to the how, well, this time I was wrong. Last time I was like, Bailey Feist is going to blow up this year. And then she got an ACL injury and then she came back and probably wasn't her entire self. But Terry McKeown is ready to light the league on fire next year because she now is playing with the confidence that she needs to shoot and, and, and really make a difference on the, on the offensive side. So, they got lucky there that that player, she, she had a great college career. She came in mid season, had all the changes and all the obstacles that everyone had last year, uh, but had an up and down season this year, but has trended up towards the end of the year with the, with, 
maybe not necessarily coinciding with the coaching change, but in the last couple of months, she's really turned it on. So I'm excited to see a full season of her developed uh, next year. Yeah. I sorry think to, I've started to, sorry to devolve, but I want to make sure she gets a shout out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, offensively, I think this team is fine. I think they have, there's a ton of talent. Hopefully they can hold on to all of it. Hopefully there's no, there's no trades that come in. Uh, but maybe you honestly, maybe you do look at some of the depth you have and you say, Hey, we can improve defensively if we let go of this player. We sacrifice some of our. Ooh, that's going to be a good. That's going to be a good offseason question. Yeah. Do you or, take some of this I mean, off next week? Or yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you take your Bailey Feist, your Tara McKeown, and you know, obviously, you're not trading Trini Robin. She is your star player. You're not trading Ashley Hatch. She's your star striker. You're not trading Ashley Sanchez. But below that, maybe you look and say, hey. You know, are there some options here where maybe we can get some talent to come back in? Of um, those three players, who do you think is most replaceable? Of the Ashley Hatch or Ashley Sanchez, Sanchez, which, Rodman, and Hatch, who's the, who's the most replaceable player out of those three? You might not like this. I'm I'm going to say Ashley Hatch. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, I I, I, I'm that. a huge Ashley Sanchez stand, hundred percent. So you would and probably would say Ashley, you you'd say Ashley Sanchez. I was going to say that. That's absolutely correct. I think that I think that I think that Hatch's strength is Sanchez's lack of strength, which is consistency. Uh, every time I think Ashley Hatch is exact. She is, she's exact. If she's healthy and on the field and, and you get her a ball in a certain area, she's going to score. It's just going to happen. Ashley Hatch, Ashley Sanchez very well likely can do something that no one else can do in the field, but also could also can disappear because her, her skill is much more reliant on not chance, but like getting around a player, having something go well, but her creativity sort of manifesting something, which is all great, but sometimes it means it can go away. That's the only reason I'd say that. But I don't think you want to get rid of any of them if you want to actually compete for a trophy next year. <laughs> be, we don't, we're not endorsing that. We're, I was just curious of the players that have the most value in the team, also adding in Andy Sullivan and Aubrey Kingsbury. All right, let's include those two players. Does it still actually hash for you if we include Aubrey and Andy? Yes. Okay. Maybe. I'd, do, I'd say Aubrey. Yeah, I you know what I, I would I would say King, Kingsbury might Kingsbury definitely yeah I, I would great I, player I, great player yes great player uh, a difference maker uh, many times particularly I think now I think this year has uh, cast maybe a negative light on her with the defense she had in front of her and her inability to get caps for the national team so she's been gone and not playing uh, but I think you can't get rid of Andy <laughs> and I think that there, so you look at players. Uh, who have gone on, and I'm drawing a blank from the name right now, Racing Louisville's keeper, who was previously a Washington Spirit backup, came in and, and had, a, had a great season. I'm, I'm going to look for this while we go through the go, go through the, the actual game that was played, but I think that you can find uh, some talent in the goalkeeping position without, uh, you know, w- without spending too much money on it sometimes. Yeah, I mean, again, just, I mean, talk, talking about the game, just a bunch of, Turnovers and I think turnovers. I think the midfield was honestly kind of overrun in this game. Um, I, I did not honestly. I like I, I looked at Andy Sullivan. I, I don't think she had that great of a game. I think in the middle of the field, it, it felt no. like Houston just kind of had the ability just to kind of dictate terms in that middle of the field and get into the attack. Uh, we talk about the first goal. The first goal is it's a very nice goal. Like don't get me wrong, it's a really nice shot. You know, outside the box looks great, but it's also a it's three spirit players stepping just just watching, but it's like nobody wants to be the one to actually step to try to get the ball. Everybody just kind of like huddles and tries to like shield almost. 
Yep. Um, and I think you need that one player that says, nope, I'm going to go take this from from you. And if I foul you, well, you know, we're going to give a free kick and we can we can kind of reset a little bit. Um, but no, everybody seemed a little scared to actually make that make that step. And uh, the dash absolutely punished, uh, punished the spirit for that. So Katie Lund, by the way, was the former spirit keeper who had Katie a, Lund, mm-hmm. I believe, set the record for most saves in a game this year. She's, she's, she's done well. She had unfortunately her team also not very good, yeah. but uh, better than the spirit. I can't handle it. If, if if spirit turns into DC where it's like players leave and they go, oh, well, they're not going to be they, they, I think they're kind of past their legs and then they suddenly have this revitalization and something that look fantastic. I think that's uh, going to happen. Particularly go the, the challenge. I mean, Sidney Schneider yeah. also found another job uh, in the league. The spirit have had really good backups that haven't had any opportunity and they have to, they leave and then they get opportunities and they play well, which is why I'm saying that if you were to try to find a little bit of room on this club, there's a possibility that you can find close value or, or, or good value, I think from a younger, younger keeper, but we'll see. I don't imagine that's on, I don't imagine that's on the, the plans either. No, no. Um, anything else? So obviously the, the spirit do get the equalizer. Um, again, I thought Trinity Robin, I think had a, had a pretty good game, um, was creative and effective pretty much, pretty much all night. Um, you know, bombing down that sideline. I think she's a player. I think we talk about two players that have had to deal with trying to manage being on the national team at Ashley Sanchez and Trinity Robin. I think Trinity Robin's dealt with it a little bit better. I think I, one, one thing I wanted to say about the, why I want to keep her on Ashley Sanchez is we saw in 2021 when, you know, she came on as a professional. I think her first season in 2020 as a professional was hit or miss as well. She developed a lot of consistency in 2021 where she was very, very effective down that stretch, probably like the best player out there on the field. So she adjusted a professional. Then she had to make another adjustment playing for the national team, splitting time, trying to, to basically play for two different teams. And I think that has caused her to struggle. So I'm saying in 2023, I think she'll be a lot better because now she's got that sort of understanding of, of where she is on the field. Um, and so um, I expect better things from her, but um, Trinity Raman has adjusted, I think, perfectly to the, right, to the before, national right before a new coach comes in and changes the entire system <laughs> that they'll be playing around. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what the what the new coach is. I, I think it's I, I don't think you want to mess too much with how the spirit play, because I think it can still be very effective. I think this has just been kind of a kind of a bad year. Um, well, one thing, Emily Sonnet and um, Kelly O'Hara, do you want them back next season? No, yeah, I don't. I, I think it might be might be time. I mean, especially without the teams look defensively. I I don't know what that opens up as far as um, roster. No space. one does. Yeah, no roster no. <laughs> space. Roster. Nobody knows. It's a completely black box. We'll never know. Yeah, yeah but I mean, it's tough. I think of those. Uh, Kelly O'Hara obviously struggled with injuries more mm-hmm. in her career. Emily Sana had has had a lot in the last two years. Uh, international duty continues to be a concern with them, as it as with you know seven seven of our eleven starters. Uh, but you know, I think if you're looking to completely re redo the defense, I think it makes sense to get younger, uh, build around Sam Staub and try to find a better partner from her at center back. Amber Brooks, I believe has 150 starts at MLS is a long time veteran, uh, was signed not to play as much as she did, uh, but ended up playing a whole bunch and actually, you know, contributed at points. I wouldn't mind keeping her around as a, you know, what she was intended to be originally, which was some depth in international windows. 
but yeah, I think I, I think it's not a it's not a huge tactical mistake to try to move on from those players. Kelly O'Hare, I believe, is a free agent, depending on your definition of free agent, whether you are <laughs> everybody's still trying to figure that out. <laughs> no one knows. Um, Emily Sonnet, again, you mentioned the draft pick. We have Emily Sonnet. We, the reason we don't have a first round draft pick is because of Emily Sonnet. So I don't know if that makes you want to keep her for one more year so that you actually get the it'd be very bad to get rid of the player, jettison the player that you lost the draft pick for. But I've seen crazier things, I'm sure. We'll but. see. New GM sort of new. Knew everything for the spirit. So um, somebody asked, uh, SC lad says, what happens to Andy Sullivan? Should Drew Skundrich get waived or released by DC at the end of the season? Would she be forced into a trade like Dom Dwyer or Sidney LaRue? I believe if Drew Skundrich gets waived or released, uh, he'll just be like, I'll play it loud. And you guys want me to play here? Like if you give Jonathan Benteke a job, you can give me a job. Like just, <laughs> just, just yeah. let me, just let me do my thing. And he would start, he would, he would do really well for loud. And I would, oh, yeah. I would, speculate drop drop down that level he probably actually would do would do pretty well which is what he was signed to do if you remember originally that drew yeah. skinders is a loud player anyway well, let's not talk about east united i They're i can see i could see a scenario where drew skinders is also back next season trust me yeah with, with, probably with with how much he's he is a, he is a coach's player he is a player has he played at all since wayne ben, wayne's been back i don't think he actually has he might be running yeah. that so but i could still see him he's cheap enough i think maybe you maybe you could see him around we'll see a lot of interesting things to happen to talk about that i i think Andy sullivan will stay yeah. stay in dc i think she still likes it here um i think she obviously now is is becoming a um locked in starter on the u.s women's national team that comes with also a lot of financial benefit as well um mm-hmm. so uh so i think you know it's it's not a case it, it's 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 maybe a little different of a case between cindy the rue and and dom dwyer were at the time where um cindy the rue had kind of very much faded from the U S national team picture. And it was very much Dom Dwyer. Um, so she was on an NWCL contract, but not necessarily on a U.S. USSF contract. So, uh, with the national team, so different, little different scenario, I think there between the two. So, um, but we'll Let's see. talk about the other really fun story that came out today. Oh, the really fun, fun, fun. Yeah, you, have the, a, you have a very interesting happy fun time story. <laughs> very interesting definition of fun. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Uh, so the USSF. So for those who haven't been keeping up, um, Sally Yates, former attorney general for the United States, former U.S. attorney general, I believe, under I'm assuming Barack Obama, um, has uh, was involved in a, in a study investigation uh, into the NWSL um, and basically only the NWSL, basically looking into um, Paul Riley, Roy Dames, um, and also um, we learned a lot. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to find the name. Uh, Christy Holly, I think is, is the other coach. Um, I believe it's Christy Holly. I believe that's the first, I know the, the last name's right. I'm trying to make sure I got the first name right. Um, looking to those three, Holly, yeah. yeah, those three dismissals, um, in the NWSL and there, well, there wasn't, there was a lot of sort of retreaded ground. Um, you know, obviously the athletic came out with the, the really just, um, gross story i guess you could say about about paul Riley. excellent reporting but just gross in, in what you had to read and what you had to read what a lot of these players had to endure um obviously obviously then you know um, roy dames his story came out uh but christy holly was kind of the 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 sort of the the one we didn't know um he was dismissed and his his story uh the reason he was dismissed was in the report and it was uh it was uh just as horrifying Maybe even worse than what what happened with Paul Riley. Uh, they kind of share that title of being both him and Murray Dames all share the title uh, of just being uh, truly, truly awful people um, who 
use their power to essentially abuse abuse players uh both verbally and sexually as we learned it's just it's 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 awful uh awful to read christy holly just just doing sexual assault here it's kind of it's kind of shocking as a lot of people have commented on like how we're not just talking about a player being fired but the police being called here this was a this is a this is a gross directly sexual assault there's no way there's no other way to describe it but when he was gone, when he was let go, he was able to say he was leaving on his own terms. Like he was saying, I'm stepping away from the club. Yeah. And that is something you're going to see all throughout this. I think that's one of the big, the big findings here is that the temperament of front office officials of the club, of the league of USSF, sort of their deference to coaches and sort of taking their sides on issues, allowing them to get jobs elsewhere without sort of making it publicly aware of what, what they were accused of. You don't necessarily have to prove that they did it, but you can just say what they are credibly accused of and then allow that information to get out there and then uh, let a team decide if that's something that they want to invite the possibility of that be invite that into their club. Um, but it happened over and over and over again. Uh, with Holly being able to say that he left of his own accord, that's one example. Rory Dames was, I believe, was it, it wasn't Rory Dames that was looking at being a national team coach, was it? Uh, Paul Riley, I think, was Paul Riley was yeah. was was up for the the national team job, and uh, a base basically uh, Merritt Paulson, Gavin Wilkinson was like, I think he's gonna, he should not do that. He should step away because they he knows they knew what had happened, uh, regardless of the fact that you know he's able to move move to the Western New York and get another job after being credibly accused and being proven to have done these things with players in Portland. He goes there, gets a job team moves to North Carolina keeps him and the cycle of abuse continues because once again there's no transparency of the findings what happened here and there was I think two I think another thing to take away from that that goes along with that is the league was is scared to death of being sued by these coaches mm-hmm. and I think that's because they are financially brittle that's my thinking so that they think that the, normally leagues don't have to deal with all of their coaches doing crimes like across the board that's not like a normal thing but in NWL, it is, and I think that they they think that they don't have enough money to to have all the lawsuits that would come about from having to get rid of all these coaches for treating their players horrible. Perverse incentive, and if you don't have enough money to do that, you don't have enough money to have a league because you have to protect the players. But I think that that I think there's something there. I think it's something they it's mentioned in the report how scared they were of litigation, and it has to be because they don't have the money to fight it, and they 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 got to go bankrupt. Uh, being sued by their coaches who are committing crimes against their own players. So it's, 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 a, it's tragedy and it's a farce and it makes me, we talked about this beforehand. It makes me consider what, how NWSL can go forward with their brand being as tarnished as it has, and regardless of the new people in charge, like same new faces, same problems. So a lot of the people mentioned in this report are still employed. It's granted. It's been a day or less than a day, but We'll see how much change actually happens. And if if next year comes around and all those faces are still around other than those three coaches, why why you keep doing this? Like why do the players want to be in this environment? It's just it's a mess. Well, I do I do object. I do object a little bit to to what you said, I guess, early on. I'm trying I'm not sure when the when the fracture point was, but I mean at one point USSF was running the NWSL. So they were running that league and they certainly do have the financial weight to handle litigation. So in my mind, that's not maybe now I, I could see it 
Um, but to me, that's that's not really fear. Fear of a lawsuit and litigation. It <laughs> Clearly, is, USSF doesn't have a problem with that because they've been fighting their women's team for the last three years. Yeah, so yeah, right absolutely. And to me, that that's not that's not an excuse or not a a, a good reason to not get rid I don't of think it is either. I just want to. I, just, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it is. I just think that there's, I think there's yeah. a note of that. It's mentioned. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I think I think some of the things that came out, um, it, it's I think a hundred and seventy page report, if I'm understanding, like it, Plus it's footnotes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so it's entire report that neither John and I have the time to read. Uh, so we really are we're relying on um, listen to Meg Linehan's mm-hmm. podcast on the offside. That is the I had a chance had a chance to listen to that very raw sort of very early representation of what happened yeah. in that. They're the the athletic is gonna. You're going to find enough content on this for the next couple yeah. of weeks, I think. The, I, I, the, I would bet. The Athletic Soccer Show, I think it's Meg, with Meg Linehan, really goes into this, I think, in detail. Um, and there, there are a couple of things, I guess, listening to that, that I sort of that that, that sort of resonated with me. Um, and, you know, one, one of the things is, I guess, uh, one of the more interesting things is, so, so, the, so this report was very much like we're limited to NWSL, but. I think because of Rory uh, Rory Dames's Eclipse youth soccer team, they hint that this is this is not just an issue with NWSL. And they also talk about they talk with players and they interview with players and they say, you know, this is something that has, you know, really from from day one when these youth when these youth players, you know, both men and women step on the field, this this type of stuff just becomes so normalized to them. Um, and it impacts them outside of the game as well. It impacts them with, you know, their partners. It impacts them with 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 so many different things that they're just kind of taught to just kind of accept uh accept this abuse and it's it's a systemic issue across um across the league and also you know there's also a fear of speaking up because when players have spoken up and they said hey this guy is abusive um it's almost like there are players and and uh there are you know parents you know particularly on the youth side that jump in and say no this person just has a uh when when people spoke up against rory dames on the chicago side the owner said no these players just have an axe to grind this is complete you know complete a complete farce they you know the unex- unprofessional yeah absolute- arnim whistler arnim whistler comes out of this looking mm-hmm. very very bad yeah uh, of the characters in which there are many bad characters he comes out looking extremely uh, particularly from how he was purporting to have behaved, uh, it, it was the opposite. So yeah. I think he might be in trouble. Yeah, I, 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 he might be forced to sell his team, honestly, mm-hmm. for for this type of thing. I mean, that's just that's just horrid, horrid types of uh, horrid type of behavior. And and you know, it's it's it, you, but we talk about that. And it's also you know down on the youth level as well. When these players speak up, you know, these parents rush and say, "Oh no, 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 Roy's great." You know, and and I think honestly, when I I've thought about this kind of a lot, and when we talk about we talk about where soccer is in America, if you really think about it, you really think about to who has like the most power amongst like coaches. It's honestly youth coaches in this country. They literally, you know, if they are a good youth coach, they have good youth teams. They they win tournaments. They they showcase their talent. Your kid, you know, the kids' talent. Uh, they basically are able to generate hundreds of thousands of dollars in college tuition in, you know, for maybe on the men's side, maybe a, a professional contract, even though those incentives are still lax. But you're talking about 
typically hundreds of thousands of dollars that these coaches are able to generate for families in those college scholarships, which is always something that, you know, these parents sign up their kids. Yes. You know, maybe they say, maybe my kid's good enough to be professional, but if not that, maybe at least I get a kid, my kid, a college scholarship that I don't, I don't have to worry about financing because they're going to, they're going to get a free ride. So you're you absolutely right. I mean, if you think yeah. about to the player, you're talking about the player speaking up in that scenario. If it's not happening to your kid, but the team's winning and college scouts are coming by. Yep, you're going to defend the coach because you don't want to rock the boat. Yeah, you it don't is, want it, you don't want your kid to lose those lose those scouts. And you know, Rory Dames leaves, and then you know maybe he doesn't get the scholarship. Maybe he doesn't. You know, so that, I think an, that's a really I think that's a really really good point. I think that that you know I don't know how that gets fixed, right? Other than yeah. other than weeding out toxic personalities and 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 you know criminals from the ranks, and that's going to be a long term goal. I would hope. The, for them to do i feel like though if you think about it you know boy scouts like any any national organization that has contact with vulnerable populations it's like a moth to a flame for people who want to do mm-hmm. bad things to those people because they know that they can get away with it they know oftentimes that the people who they're doing it to will not be believed and it's just it's depre- it's a very depressing concept that you're looking at this you know I, I had been focused on how frustrating and upsetting it was at the, at the, at the, you know, professional level. And I think it is, and I think it's good that we're all taking note of that. Yeah. Um, it, but it, but it is more upsetting that I think it's, it is doubly upsetting that it's happening. There are these, there are these clubs of all age levels in every single, in every single state and every single County down the line, all these players are forced to register with us soccer. They're all part, they're all dues paying members in this, in this federation that's across the country. And that's what has to get, that has to get remedied because the end of this happening to these adult women is horrible. These paid professionals is horrible and nobody should work in those conditions, but the vulnerable population existing being every single boy and girl that plays soccer Mm -hmm. potentially in the entire country that has to get exponentially more attention and money and finding uh, that that like that that toxicity has to be weeded out even more than it does in the, in the professional ranks. It has to there. People should not be getting sexually assaulted at work and all these things. And mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not I'm not downsizing that. It's just that the fact that these things are happening to kids and their parents are either not able to step in or whatever else. It's just it, it's very very upsetting to me. It, it's caused you know I, I'm I I I feel I talk about it a lot, but you know I I referee youth soccer. Not as much as I used to, but, you know, on a semi-regular basis. And I will say this is this has had an impact on when I'm out there on the field. You know, I I see a coach, you know, giving instruction to players by yelling instructions by. And there was a there was a coach in my game this weekend. um, And we were talking about between me and the center. Uh, His team was playing really well. They were they were moving the ball. They, They had a far higher skill level. Um, an understanding of the game than the opposing team. Um, and they were doing a decent job. And I was like, I, I said over the course of the the 70 minutes, this game was going on or 80 minutes. I think uh, they're going to go out and they're going to win this game. Uh, but he was, you know, yelling at his players. You guys are playing what well, you guys are playing terrible. You guys are awful. It was, it was very, very aggressive. And I kind of like just had a moment where I'm just like, man, this, like, I, I wouldn't say that's like, you know, he's not, you know, calling them the, you know, calling them the C word. He's not, you know, swearing at them, but I mean, he's being very, very aggressive towards them. And it's, it's, it's very much yelling. It's not coaching. Uh, the other coach on the sideline was being very 
uh, was was very quiet, respectful. You know, he was, you know, coaching his kids, talking a little bit. And he actually he, I think he coached two games. First game didn't go well for him. Second game went pretty well for him. But it's it's almost like I'm, I'm seeing it now. And it's and it's and it's honestly this is having a a trickle down effect uh, because it's honestly not just. And this is not me trying to minimize what's happening uh, to to the women in the WSL and the girls down the game. It's truly terrible. But this is a systemic issue that crosses gender on the, the men's side as well. And I think we are seeing we are very, very much seeing um, a change in attitude. Uh, the USL uh, Chattanooga Red Wolves, their coach was just fired and the USL PA put out a statement. Uh, basically outlining that that the way the coach treated the players was absolutely unacceptable, and we no longer have any trust in the Chattanooga Red Bulls organization. Uh, so this this is causing massive amounts of change. Um, I hope at least on the top end, and it needs to happen on the bottom end as well. And I, and I am seeing it. I'm seeing it a little more. I am seeing coaches not not be just. This is their point to where they can yell uh, because it's not just honestly when they yell at. You know, when they yell at, you know, players, they're yelling at referees, too, and, and they're treating referees terrible when they don't agree with a call. I mean, it's all it's all an issue that is just perpetuates sort of youth soccer as a whole. Um, and it, it takes it takes a lot of work to fix it. You're never going to in my mind. Unfortunately, I don't know if you're ever going to weed it out. But what you can change is how to respond to it and how to effectively eliminate it um, or eliminate it or make it so that these guys are caught the first time or when they, when they're acting abusive, someone says, Hey, this is messed up. And they're like, Hey, you're right. Let's get him out of here. And then you remove that element where it's easy for these people to get away with it and to just completely perpetuate, you know, acts of, of violence and, and, and horribleness toward, towards players. So um, yeah, I feel like, I feel like I've evolved on this in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, my, my, my pitiful athletic career is nothing to write home <laughs> about, but I, I think back to coaches that I had mm-hmm. and I was yelled at. I was, I, I never anything that's, you know, over the line, but like, I always felt like I responded well to that. I always felt like I, that sometimes I needed, I needed to hear those words said that way in order to get me to focus or whatever it was. And I think maybe it's about having a kid and imagining your child playing youth sports and being yelled at by a person you're paying money to that they're playing terrible and they're horrible and they need to do X, Y, and Z. And knowing that most of those kids are not going there, there's no professional, they're, they're not going to be professional soccer players. Like they're, 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 they're playing sports for enjoyment and to get like personal enrichment and like learn life skills. and the misaligned incentives of these coaches to win at all costs, because that's what's most important because that's what generates revenue and that's what keeps them employed and gets them paid more. I am no longer okay with the type of yelling that necessarily that, that I would have mm-hmm. gotten as a kid, as a parent, I'm, I'm now seeing that as a line that's probably not okay to cross. There are skills you can learn and qualities you, you gain as a child playing sports and a lot of that is about adversity and a lot of that is like overcoming your natural hurdles with your talent and working harder and, and, and growing. But I think that it's incumbent on coaches to figure out how to do that without screaming at a child's face or, or doing all the, that's at the baseline, right? Like just screaming, like you're talking about, like when you're refereeing, like the baseline is like inappropriate yelling. That's the, that's like the floor. 
everything else that we're talking about in this report is north of that and crimes. These yeah. aren't crimes. This is just like, I think the, the ability of a coach is figuring out how to reach kids without treating them the way that you, you would not do that to an adult your mm-hmm. size who could punch you in the face. Right. Like, th- like changing the dynamic, like the, ta- the skill and a skill of a coach has got to be that. How do I reach these kids? How do I, how do I am I able to do these lessons without belittling them or doing these things in front of their families and friends? Like I, I'm devolving, but I just think that the youth side of this is something I had not thought of as much. And I think that we need to change and is changing now. I think I said in Chattanooga at NWSL players, coaches like Chris Ward being let go for the way that they were talking to players, not necessarily crossing the line of other people and these things, but still unacceptable. And I think that that maybe is that that is the new paradigm that we need to bring in, bring forward uh, in, in these coaching situations. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's something that's, that's, I think across the board is you talk about, I think you're professionally, I think it's going to be easier to weed it out. I think, especially you talk about some of the lower, the lower divisions where people probably put up with it because this is their dream to be a pro soccer player. And they're not, there weren't as many opportunities. And I think now what we're seeing is there are a lot more opportunities now um, for players. And, and that's a good thing. And I think that's giving them feeling like, Hey, I've got a choice here. I don't have to put up with this, you know, guy yelling at me. And, you know, just perform well, do what I do well, and then maybe I'll get out of this situation. I'll get to a better situation. It's like, no, this guy's a jerk and I don't I don't want to play for him. And I, there's at least two other teams I know that would be willing to take me in a heartbeat and you can you can stick it, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so I, I think that's that's certainly changing on one side of the game. Um, I think the youth side is still it's, it's that's going to be hard. That is going to require so much societal. Just so much change. Um, I, I don't. And I I think it's going to be, you know, I I think one of the things in the article was, you know, turning the the, talk about the the coaching license system um, into a yearly thing that you have. You want to maintain your licensing, which honestly, I think um, I think Meg talked about how that's like a a very oh, that's such a political uh, that's such a political thing. I just don't know if you'll be able to do it. And my argument to that would be. Well, that's what I have to do every single year. I want to go out and referee soccer games. I have to go get recertified. I have to pay $80 to USSF, to the Virginia State Association to be able to referee. Now, because that's because the rules change. I'm like, okay, well, same thing holds. Same thing holds for coaches. We're, We're living in a changing environment. Rules are changing. Everything's changing. There should be a way to check in on these coaches. Um, Players should feel like they should be able to speak up when they see things that are bad and not get turned on. And I think that's going to be that's going to be the thing that's going to break it. So um, that was something that just came to my head. They're talking about like, yeah, they would be hard. And then I'm like, well, wait a minute. I do that. I do that every year. Every year I have to go, you know, get a new certification to referee. Otherwise, I can't referee. They will not let, for, let me referee games. A- answer this question for me. This is a dumb, dumb question of a referee. Would you, according to the current rules of the game, could you yellow card uh, a coach for yelling at his own team in an inappropriate fashion? Um, that's not strictly outlined. No, and and I don't think he would ever. Now, if he if he is yelling racial or other types of things, then yes, I could definitely card him for that. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly it would be a very it would be a very tricky situation and a value judgment and all those things. But I'm just thinking about. What what do they respect? They respect winning and staying on the field, <laughs> and 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 how can you how can you lever? What can you what powers can you pull? Levers can you pull to 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 modify their behavior? I, I will know. say I will say if they are if they are treating their players like that, 
you best believe that they're going to treat the referees uh, the oh, same, sure. if not worse. So it's sort of one one follows the other in a lot of ways. Um, I bet one follows the other. Well, I think we, I you know, I think we'll continue to talk about this. As yes, this. I think there will be dominoes to fall from this. There's going to mm-hmm. be dominoes in the NWSL. There's going to be some of these people that were talked about who are still around will will likely not be around. Um, so we'll continue to talk about this in the off season. Now that the season's done, we're going to also make sure that we have an opportunity to do a wrap up of the year mm-hmm. and analyze, you know, who, who should stay and who should go and who had a good year. And that'll be a short segment. And then we'll talk about who had a bad year and that'll be th- a three parter. Uh, but I, I think that this, this story is, and also too, the, the NWSLPA's uh, investigation is still ongoing. Yeah. So, you know, that'll be another thing to drop. Get prepared yeah. for that. We've got that investigation. We also have the ESPN uh, documentary that has tomorrow. To, I think right. Oh, uh, is that tomorrow? Is that coming out I believe, tomorrow? I heard tomorrow on Twitter. I, th- I think they were waiting. Seems like they were waiting for the for the reports to drop, or they got last, some hit. Last point on this, and, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, Chicago Red Stars, Portland Timbers, or Portland Thorns, North Carolina Courage. All of these organizations said that they were going to cooperate with yeah. the investigation and they want to get to the bottom of this and their player safety is the most important thing. Blah, 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 blah. If you read this report, you will see that all three of these organizations in their own way, filibustered this report, tried to keep information from coming to, to getting to Sally Yates and, and the organization tried to privilege certain information and communications as, as, as client, uh, client privilege and not, not admissible. All these, all this baloney, uh, Chicago doing the same thing, delayed this report by months. It would have been out months ago. But these teams sandbagged and filibustered, which uh, it tells you all you need to know about their guilt. It tells you all you need to know about their unwillingness to change. And it tells you all you need to know about their their being their entire uh, way of life is being threatened here by this investigation. And they just don't want to submit to it. They just don't care. I understand that this is a hammer that the, the uh, former attorney, uh, assistant attorney general for the United States is leading this and it's going to be front page news in the New York times and wall street journal. I don't care. I'm, you can't make me do this. I don't want to do this. And you're going to, you're going to pull me kicking and screaming cool. and I'm going to be holding on to non-disclosure agreements as my proof of why I can't tell you this. Uh, and, and that just the, there is rot institutional rot mm-hmm. at these clubs in this, in this league that has to be excised. It cannot just, they cannot just be a new, uh, a new system of reporting that can't be like an email address that people can send complaints to people have to be removed from their positions in order for this not to repeat because they sh- have shown themselves over and over again. And then just now again, they showed themselves. So I, it's, it, if you're a fan of these clubs, uh, your job is to do what the fans of Washington spirit did uh, and, and to be relentless in your demand that something change in the ownership structure or in the front office and not stop and never stop. Cause that's the only way it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it shows their willingness to protect who's still there, I think, is is what where that comes from. It's the people who it's not just it's not just the fact that, you know, that Paul Riley, Rory Dames and Christy Hawley and Richie Burke did all these things. It's the people who protected them and shielded them that are honestly in a lot of ways uh, just as bad, if not worse, because they allowed this to kind of to stew. Um, and, and sort of put, you know, allowed them basically to continue to do what they did to victims. Um, and it's, 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 it's a horrible, 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 awful, awful thing. And the fact that then they, they didn't want this to get out because they did not want the finger to be pointed at them. Um, and they deserve just as much criticism and get, and, and should suffer the same fate 
as as these coaches did in 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 losing their jobs. It's a, it is amazing if you think about it that in in the balance on the scales of in the, on the scales of what's more important here, the front office, the 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 club, the league, the federation picks these coaches instead of the players. The players who yep. are the best in the world and cannot be replaced by other players of their same equal versus just these guys, just <laughs> these coaches, a guy who was a youth coach until he was a professional coach. And I believe I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's a lot easier to replace Richie Burke than it is to replace uh, Ashley Hash or any Crystal of the players. Dunn, Rose Crystal Dunn, Rose Lavelle. Rose <laughs> Lavelle. Kristen like, Press, well, which I don't is think... a name that's very serious. It, it's just, it, it yeah. tells you what you need to know. It tells you that these women who are, be, are who are peerless in their ability and their and and what they bring to the to the to the play on the field and to the product were second in nature to these guys and making sure that they were protected. So you yep. need to know. Yep. Yep. All right, folks, that's going to do it. Um, this was a really really intense conversation, um, but thank you all again so so much for listening. Uh, we'll catch you guys in a couple weeks. We'll probably some of the year, maybe talk a little more in depth, even though we kind of covered a little bit. We'll go more in depth on the Washington spirit and maybe there'll be the, maybe the NWSL NWSLPA report will come out. Maybe the ESPN 60 documentary will, uh, will really yeah. we'll just, some... just do it one every week. Just do it yeah. on <laughs> Monday morning so we can digest and create the episode. Exactly. All right. Thank you guys so much. for listening. We'll catch you guys. Uh, catch Sometime. you guys in a couple weeks. Vamos. Almost.